This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please stop everything right now and go to friendly and go to patreon.com slash yeah. friendly atheist podcast. We have new goals. We do. What are our new goals? So um, our next goal, which is we're actually already 61% complete is that we will do written transcripts. Yeah, a lot of you have been calling for it because mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier to read it than mm-hmm. listen, which I'm deeply offended by that. Yeah, how dare you miss but, this beautiful <laughs> voice. But we can uh, do what we need to do to pay for uh, a transcript service mm-hmm. and corrections and make sure it's, yeah. it's solid. And it's more inclusive. You know, people who are deaf and hard of hearing yes. can't participate. So, so yeah, I think that's great. And then... After that. After that, this one I'm very nervous about. Um, we're going to do a live show in Chicago. We will. Whether or not you're coming to it, yeah. even if you live here and you decide not to come, uh-huh. uh, first, how dare you? Yeah. Second, we'll do it anyway, somewhere live in Chicago, and we'll work out, like, that allows us to pay for whatever technical stuff we need. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, seems pay for the therapy I'll need before and after, because I'm very nervous about this. No, it'll be so, great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so probably somewhere downtown Chicago, I would guess. But that's we'll also it out. extremely far off. Yes. So, so, yeah. So, go give to now. And also... Lest we forget, um, if you donate just a dollar a month, you have access to um, our bonus episodes. Um, They're called Fables. It's a podcast book club that I do with people in my life who I like. So this month, we're about to release the one I did with my husband, Mikey. Um, It's called Tranny by Laura Jane Grace. It's very good. You can also listen to um, a couple other ones that I've done with my friends, and they're very fun. And you get early episodes. And early episodes. uh, By at least, you know, half a day or something. Yeah, give us five bucks, Um, we'll say your name. (laughs) Let me thank the people who have done just that. Just like this. Uh, This is your future. (laughs) Casey J, Laura W, Elin M, Beth D, Tim R, Robert S, Stuart B, and a person who is only known in my system as Dude. Nice. That's the only name I have for you. <laughs> That's dope. Thank as you, fuck. dude. Um, thank you, you guys. It, it means a whole lot that people think that, think enough of this weird dumb show that we do that they want to want to uh, put money toward it. So Thanks. thank you, you guys. It really helps. And also give us stars. If you don't want to give us money, at least give us all yeah, the there stars. There has been a spate of mean things people have said about me on <laughs> on iTunes. This is backfiring. Well, yes. Okay. Is it backfiring? Yes, it is. Um, Do I secretly love taking screen grabs of them and tweeting them out and highlighting the relevant parts? Nice. Also, yes. Also, you guys... when you when you post in iTunes reviews, it doesn't go to heaven. Heaven and I are co-hosts. Like he doesn't have dominion over me. Everybody like addresses it to heaven. Like, hey, your your girl Friday is being annoying to me again. That's how I imagine you all talk. Yes. God, just turn it off if you hate me that much. I, I would will. if I could. That was weird. Okay, <laughs> let's get so. Right. Let's let, go. Let me start with this story that uh, to me this is just. It's perfect hypocrisy from the religious right. And it has to do with Franklin Graham, Reverend Billy Graham's son, the guy who is a religious right figurehead. He's an evangelist. Um, Has he risen to more prominence since his father died? Or am I just hearing his name a lot more? Yeah. I've just recognized it. There's no new elevation for him in any way other than he's still living off of his daddy's name. Yeah, he does a lot of charity work for Christians, by Christians sort Mm -hmm. of thing. But he's also basically a Republican apologist more than anyone knows him as a guy who's going to convert you to Christianity. But here's the thing. He he did an interview with the Associated Press last week 
And they asked him, naturally, about the Stormy Daniels scandal. And the question is, here's someone who had an affair with someone. uh, Donald Trump had an affair with a porn star. This is after the birth of his newborn son, Mm -hmm. uh, allegedly, whatever, uh, that he had this affair. During his third marriage. During his third marriage. Like, surely this goes against some of your evangelical beliefs, right? Just a one. Yeah. And so this is what Franklin Graham says. I don't have concern in a sense because these things happened many years ago. Well, I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I feel even like get I through. hear that all the time. <laughs> Why does it matter who was years ago? Like Because if you're president, then nothing you did before presidency matters, even though there's so many horrible things he's done as president, which Yeah, we, like which still constantly okay. forever. Go ahead. So he goes on. And there are such bigger problems in front of us as a nation that we need to be dealing with the uh, other things in his life than why things a long time ago. Why was saying this during the birther movement? Like, why <laughs> when people were calling for Barack Obama's birth, live birth certificate or whatever it's called, was were none of them like, guys, this is made up and we have bigger things Or this to happened address. when he was born and what? let's talk about what he does now. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. And then he, uh, Franklin Graham goes on to say, I think some of these things... That's for him and his wife to deal with. Skip, skip, skip. I think this thing with Stormy Daniels and so forth is nobody's business. Sure. Okay. Sure, it's absolutely nobody's business if it, like, if she has blackmail on him, that could cause some sort of, like, (laughs) what are they talking about? He went on to say one more thing, which is this stuff happened 12 years ago. This isn't behavior that has taken place since he's been president. Which, again, he's done plenty of crazy shit since becoming president, so Mm -hmm. that... Okay, so let's say he didn't have an affair since taking office. You don't get a cookie for that. Right. Like, he's still done a lot of horrible things. It's the lowest possible bar to clear. (laughs) But here's the beautiful thing about this story. Oh, my God. In 1998, when all the Monica Lewinsky stuff was happening, Franklin Graham, of all people, writes a piece for the Wall Street Journal. (gasps) This is what he said about President Bill Clinton. He said, we have so Clinton. many things to be worried about. There's a dot-com uh-huh. bust. <laughs> what will happen at pets.com? <laughs> yeah. Here's what he said then of Bill Clinton. If he will lie to or mislead his wife and daughter, those with whom he is most intimate, what will prevent him from doing the same to the American public? Private conduct does have public consequences. And has anybody read that to Franklin Graham? Everyone on Twitter has now read that to Franklin Graham. Any response? (laughs) No, of course not. Like, I just don't... And I get Bill Clinton's thing happened during office, but the point of what he said is, if you're going to lie to your family, why why wouldn't you lie to the American people? Donald Trump clearly over and over lied to everybody. And he's doing it to the American public, too. But, of course, Franklin Graham doesn't care. He hasn't addressed the hypocrisy here. He hasn't tried to explain it. He just pretends it doesn't exist. But this is is basically why people are so fed up with white evangelicals specifically, Mm -hmm. because it's not just one guy. This isn't a Franklin Graham problem. This is a white evangelical problem. That All the stuff they complained about when Bill Clinton was president, all the stuff they totally would have complained about, if Barack Obama did it, they're silent when Donald Trump does it. And that's what's so infuriating because, again, it's I, I'm sure everyone who's partisan, I am no exception here, would probably do something along the lines. But these are the people who say, no, we have these standards that well, are and above call, and beyond they call everything. moral authority, right? Like yeah. they think they have 
domain over like moral right and rights and Atheists wrongs. Atheists can't even have morality because you have no standard for morality. That's I mean, correct. Yeah, this is what they're saying. Like all the stuff we believe in goes beyond mere politics. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't matter if it's their guy in office. By the way, as we're doing this podcast today, they just confirmed another um, appeals court judge, another hardcore conservative judge in, I think, the Fifth Circuit, which, as many people have pointed out, we're not the only ones. As long as Trump keeps giving the evangelicals and the right wing base the judges they want at the district courts and the appeals court uh, and the Supreme Court, there's nothing he can do that will turn these people off of him. He's just going to keep doing it. This is the one thing they want. They think that the courts are miraculously going to stop abortion, which is not how it works. And so that's the one thing Trump can give them that will shut them up. Trash Trump's stupidity all you want. He knows, And I will. And this is the one thing he knows. If you just give him the judges, they're not going to abandon you. Like, you want to know why 40% of America still supports him? It's because of that. So... Whatever. That's the one thing he can keep giving him. That's why Franklin Graham isn't going to talk shit about him ever. Mm-hmm. He's not going to call him out on the hypocrisy because he's getting judges. That's so horrifying. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Republicans passed that judge despite the objection from that judge's home state senator, mm-hmm. which is a tradition they usually follow. Like if they the home state judges, if the no. home state senators say no, matter. they would say, OK, well, we won't say yes to that one. <laughs> But, of course, when Republicans are in charge, that tradition goes out. The right has gained the system in such a fucking despicable way because they, A, like, and we've talked about this at length, of, like, pretending that they have moral authority while doing the most underhanded garbage shit and pretending they care about babies when they are gutting programs that feed, literally feed children. But this kind of shit really makes me mad because it, it's kind of like... You know how people are like, oh, yeah, back in my day, we used to never have to lock our door because because nobody... And then, you know, the 70s happened and everybody got kidnapped every five minutes. And we're like, oh, maybe we should lock our door. Uh, I feel like we're kind of in that phase in the American government. Like, we didn't have policies in place in terms of, like, making sure that people played by the rules, making sure that presidents followed this status quo or making sure president. It was never codified because it was like, well, whoever's president is going to, like, do the things we expect of a president. And now we're going to have to codify that. Now, right. after Trump leaves office, we're going to have all this shit about, like, <laughs> maybe we should make rules to make sure that doesn't happen again. And it's the equivalent of, like, well, fuck, now we all have to get alarm systems and <laughs> and have, like, jumbo locks on our doors because, well, like, you guys, you guys done fucked up. All the civic stuff you learn in school about, oh, we have a system of checks and balances. That only works if people are checking and balancing. Exactly. And we have... We have too many branches it's who aren't so going to do that. so fucking gross. Just quick sidebar. Did you see the exchange between Trump and Chuck Schumer today? Yes. Oh, it was very Glorious. good. So yesterday or two days ago, Melania Trump uh, rolled out her anti-cyberbullying, oh my God, her campaign. Like, I I don't know how I feel about Melania. I think she's ex- she's complicit in what her husband does, but also, like, this is not what girlfriend signed up for at <laughs> all. Um but it, and like she's constantly getting, I mean, she must be like being somebody's underhanded in her staff because she's constantly like screwing up easy, sc- stuff. like unforced errors, right? right. Like well, the when tr- you the, hire the not good people, that's gonna right. happen. You don't have any talent that's coming in. Yeah. Um, but so, Michelle Obama did, you know, physical health, eat mm-hmm. right. Yep. And Laura Bush did literacy, and Melania's thing is anti cyberbullying, yeah. which is 
fuck the biggest irony of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, this morning or yesterday, and so the slogan is inscrutably be best, which is <laughs> be best. I don't not even grammatically right, but all right. No, it's not. And like I, I, I'm not like going after her because I don't like her husband. Like it just isn't good or catchy yeah. just like as a writer i'm kind of offended by it and what are you telling kids oh you're not the best so, screw you be, then be best yeah. have, you ever, have you ever tried being best have you <laughs> ever tried not being best don't be better don't work hard <laughs> just be the best all right um so this morning uh t- trump tweeted something about senator crying chuck schumer blah, 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 like verbal vomit verbal vomit <laughs> Chuck Schumer just retweeted it. Hashtag be best. And it was so good. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Do you want to move away from politics for a second? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, in Jerusalem, oh God, of all places. We're way far out of my comfort zone. No, it's okay. Uh, you'll, the story makes sense. Okay. The, there's a natural history museum in Jerusalem. And apparently someone went in there recently and they saw that the evolution exhibit was covered up. <laughs> and they're like, well, why are you covering? It's a natural history museum. Why would you be covering it up? And it turns out they do that so they don't offend the ultra-Orthodox Jews God, that- who may come in there and who don't accept evolution. And that's the reason for it. And the visitor was like, I was saddened by it and rather shocked. It's unwarranted. She said it's illegal. I don't know that it's illegal. But uh, that's the reason. They hid they hid the displays on dinosaurs as well. Oh they also God. covered up displays on human body and sexuality. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one of those. And the reason this visitor happened to see the covered up exhibit uh-huh. is because they the museum said we were short-staffed. So after the ultra-Orthodox Jews left, we forgot, we, to, uncover we forgot it. to uncover it, basically. Oh, no. But they're, they're covering it up. Why? I mean, this is... I mean, I know why, but like, yeah. why? Why would you do that? Why don't... would you go to a natural history museum if you don't believe in natural right. nature or history? Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. And like, the ortho- ultra-Orthodox Jews don't have like a super strong record of being chill in public spaces. Isn't it <laughs> airplanes, airplanes, they're like, we can't sit by a woman, so you need to Walking down the street in New York City, yeah. they... It's just, it's not, it's not a. But things, if you want to teach your kids false information, keep it in your little bubble. Why are you going well, to, don't a go to a museum? And fucking museum, yeah. like that's the craziest. And thing why is I've the museum heard. complicit in their ignorance? That's, Even Ken Ham was like, "No, show them evolution, and we'll show them why it's wrong." It's like, well, you know, what, Ken that's Ham? slightly better than <laughs> once in a while we find ourselves <laughs> on the same page, and it's an uncomfortable alliance. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just a weird little thing that happened. That's a really weird tidbit. Um, Here's a a sadder story that happened in Alabama. Uh, Here's the story you may have heard of in the news recently. There's a boy named Trenton McKinley. He's 13 years old. Uh, I guess he was riding a dune buggy. It flipped, and he suffered a really awful uh, brain injury. Mm -hmm. He's 13. Uh, Now, he was in, I don't know if it was a coma or what, but... Uh, basically, he eventually regained consciousness, uh-huh. but the doctors did not know if he was going to make it. Oh, is this a kid that the parents had already signed over? They did. Okay. They, the doctors had said, "We here's the paperwork to donate his organs mm-hmm. if and when that time comes. And right. he could save the lives of other children. The parents signed off on that. I mean, he Which had seven, yeah, That's he had seven skull fractures. I mean, it was really bad. And they were all set to take this boy off life support. Mm-hmm. And then the boy wakes up. 
And it seems that in the next couple of days, he was actually getting better. Uh-huh. Like, he's not there yet. I don't know what the lingering, you know, problems are going to be for this kid. Right. I, I can't imagine it's a full, complete recovery like nothing ever happened. But he seems to be getting better. Certainly, he's alive. Uh-huh. And so naturally, okay, so the they asked the boy, like, what do you attribute this to? And he said, quote, there's no other explanation but God. Okay, fine. The, the boy is allowed to say whatever the boy wants to say. Right. His mother uh, said something of that sort. She referred to the boy as a miracle. I get the mother's reaction, too, because sure. I can't imagine what that's like for her. Now, here's the thing that we're allowed to say because well, we don't know them and whatever. <laughs> we could say it more objectively. This is not a miracle. Yeah. The doctors looked at what they had in front of them. Maybe they didn't have all the information. Maybe they were working off of what information they had compared to previous patients. Uh-huh. They made a diagnosis. They made a prognosis based off of all this stuff. And they assumed this is not going to end well. Just because that's not how this played out. Right. Does not mean God stepped in. It doesn't mean the boy's a miracle. Uh, Steve Novella uh, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe host, uh-huh. uh, a clinical neurologist himself, said, this is not an unusual story. And I want to quote what he said here. Nothing out of the ordinary has occurred here. The only thing he could tell from the various news stories that were out there that even made this newsworthy was the mother's misinterpretation of the events because of how she said, like, this is what she said happened. Uh-huh. Like, she's not a doctor. Um, and to be Uh, Novella wasn't blaming her for the miracle comments or anything like that. But what he was blaming was all the media attention that kept calling this kid a miracle boy. Right. And all that because they were basically relying on the mother's version of what happened. My boy was left for dead Uh and then he woke up and now he's alive and it must be God. It's a miracle. That's the mother's version of the story. Well, and doesn't that's not what the doctors are saying. Yeah, I was going to. And I feel like that also applies this weird. good versus evil thing where the doctors are the ones who are like, Oh, he's dead. Like they're the bad guys in this story somehow. Yeah. Like you, they, you know what I mean? Like they, they weren't doing enough for right, him. They wrote or something. him off and they ignored him. And, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. and yeah. And the thing is, if you talk to the doctors, they might be able to give you better explanations. Like, well, you know, sometimes this happens or he has a 90% chance of not recovering. But, you know, that also means there's a 10% chance he could recover. Uh-huh. I mean, and that happens. It happens one in 10 times. Like, right. they could give you that sort of nuanced answer. No one's going to read that story. Right. <laughs> but saying, oh, my, it's a miracle from God. That, of course, is something everyone will click on. But this is a reporter's issue. The reporter should not be relying on the mother. You, hey, if you want to quote the mother and saying it's a miracle, fine. Yeah, but then you better it's... quote a doctor saying, no, it's Freaking not, because this is what could actually be going on here. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the answer is, you know what? We don't know what happened. It doesn't happen that often. But whatever, this is what is going on in his body that could explain this sort of thing. Right. Um, Well, and I think that's also kind of a misunderstanding of, like, how statistics work. Because that's why, like, now, after the 2016 election, everyone's like, oh, all the statistics are wrong. Like, well, no. I mean, they said that Clinton had a, whatever, 70% chance of winning, that's not 100%. That's not saying oh, this is what's going to happen. It's in all likelihood, this is how it's going to shake out. Right. And it didn't. Like, there's a reason we, like, use statistics and don't say, well, like, oh, well, let's just say this. So 
we're not going to have this this election. Right. Something has a ninety five percent chance of happening. It might not happen. Right. Like this is how science works. And by the way, it's also no one pointed this out. No journalist was going to point this out. But when the mother says, you know, God was there to save my child. It's worth asking, well, then what's God saying about those other kids in the children's ward who are not being helped right now? Or where was he when the doom buggy flipped in the first place? Yeah, like right. All that, which is, it's, it feels like such a shitty thing to say to a person. Right, because you don't want to shit on this family when they're already going through right. so much trauma. But this isn't, but I'm, and no one's saying you should. The question is, uh, to just give the miracle side of the story, right. the only voice in the story, and to not actually talk to people who know what they're talking about, uh-huh. it is bad journalism, it's bad media, it's unfair to readers to think that, oh, if my kid gets in an accident, there may be hope. And it's not That's framed not how it works. as an opinion piece, is it? No, it's, no, it's no, no. It's framed as reporting. It is framed as reporting, yeah, and it's, it's bad reporting. Yeah. So, okay. Uh let me go to a story we actually talked about last week. Oh. Uh, Paige Patterson. We, we he call was, that a callback in the business. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, Paige Patterson, he's the Southern Baptist leader yes. uh, who, he did two things that I were really awful. Him, I remember not liking him. Yeah, I don't remember don't. specifically why. The, there were two reasons. One reason was uh, audio had resurfaced from 2000 in which he was talking about what would he say, Jessica just spit up her wine almost, um, what did would not, he say? But I remember I drew all the, fl- the red flags about <laughs> That's him. That's right. What would he say <laughs> to women who were in an abusive relationship? And his answer to them was not. I'm a nightmare human <laughs> and nobody get, should listen to me talk. Did he, he say that? He did not say that. Why? He said not to get a divorce. He said you should stay in the relationship and pray. And by the way, maybe your oh, husband will get even more so abusive. Mad. But you, you should keep praying and then everything will get better. And then the one success story he gave was there was a woman who was getting abused and she came to him and said, what should I do? He Fuck said, you should pray. Guy. And she did pray. And then the next day she had two black eyes and she came up to him, Paige Patterson, and she's like, what do you think about this? He's like, you know what? You may have two black eyes, but your husband's in the back praying. He found God. Look, cool. success. Cool, cool, Okay, cool, so cool, that was cool, really bad. The other thing oh, he did. Oh, that's so shitty. Domestic abuse is such a, like, triggering thing for me that, like, because every, like... So many people who go on to commit horrible murders and crimes have a history of domestic abuse. And because the Las Vegas shooter definitely did. And because we're like, well, we don't take it seriously. We don't arrest these men who are hurting people. They're sp- I, uh, go, yep. go ahead. Nope. I'm sorry. He's, he's definitely horrible. Thank you. And then the other thing he did is that uh, video surfaced of a sermon he gave in 2014 where he basically told a funny story about these boys who uh, were basically talking sexually about a girl Why who was passing. Why are you making passing. me listen to this again? I keep remembering uh, getting mad. And remember what he said about her, Paige Patterson, telling the story. He's like, you know, this girl was walking, blah, blah, blah. She was a, quote, very attractive young co-ed who wasn't more than about 16. Gross. But, mmm, let no. me just say <laughs> she was nice. No. That's what he said. Okay, so those are the two things he did. Thank uh, you for letting me realize You're that. welcome. That First, fun. basically saying, oh, domestic abuse, don't leave your husband, just pray about it, and then talking sexually about a girl who is probably like 14 or 15. Okay, since that time, since all of that surfaced up, like a week and a half ago or mm-hmm. so, he hasn't said much, but the reaction has been Maybe really that's interesting. Good? <laughs> 
Well, he hasn't. Maybe for once in his fucking life, he should shut his gob. That would be good. Southern Baptist women actually started a petition saying, like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? They got a ton of signatures on this thing. And again, they're basically saying, okay, abuse. No, you have to give proper advice when it comes to abuse. You didn't do that. Uh, you either step down, apologize, whatever. Uh, a separate petition was launched by other Southern Baptist men, pastors of their churches, saying basically the same thing. So that's good. Good. Um, the Board of Trustees for the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, which this Paige uh-huh. Patterson heads up, they're going to call a meeting later this month to discuss all of this. Sure, we don't want to rush into anything. <laughs> I don't know what Not they're... Not we get our ducks in a row. I don't know if they're going to say, you need to step down, and I don't know what else they could do. Oh, I know what they'll do. They'll say, okay, how many black eyes <laughs> equals one saved soul? So It's called Christian math. If 50 women are concussed... Mm-hmm. But one of their husbands comes to church. Is call that it a, a fair call it a wash. Yeah. Call it a wash. Now, if somebody and is this going to be in their math curriculum? Then moving on. Oh, for sure, they mm-hmm. definitely need to teach us because they're going to need to know in the future. Mm-hmm. That's this is just gonna gonna be something that's necessary. But if somebody dies, Ooh. Mm, that's rough because you're that messes well, up the calculations. Yeah, well, you're sending a soul to heaven mm. vis-a-vis death. Mm-hmm. But are you... No, no, no. You know what? You know, I'm glad they're meeting on this because there's just a lot to discuss about. And you know I hate to rush into any rash decisions. You got to make sure you get the numbers right on that. Yeah. yeah. No, this is too big to mess up. <laughs> so they're going to do that later this month. Today, as we speak, Paige Patterson finally issued a statement. And the statement is, I'm a garbage human and I'm going to go live in a hole. Close. Here's, <laughs> is it? here's his... It was called an apology, but here's what he wrote. I wish to apologize to every woman who has been wounded by anything I've said that was inappropriate or that lacked clarity. Oh. I'm going to keep going, then you can... Okay. I, I'm going <laughs> to skip around here. I utterly reject any form of abuse in demeaning or threatening talk, in physical blows, or in forced sexual acts. Skip, skip, skip. To all people, I offer my apology, but especially to women... Um, I sincerely pray that somehow this apology will show my heart and may strengthen you in the love and graciousness of Christ. That was basically. Okay. I will say it's not the worst apology I've ever heard in my entire life, but here's the line that made me angry. Do you know which line I'm going to hate the most? Uh, I know I have a problem with the lacked clarity. That's exactly what I was going to say, haven't. So he said, uh, I apologize to anyone wounded by anything I've said that was inappropriate or that lacked clarity. So I think inappropriate is too nebulous a term for what happened because it... What what did you say, Paige, that was inappropriate? it's, It's not as... I feel like if he had said something along the lines of like, what did you say to make your husband mad? That would be really inappropriate. But to say like, no, 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 stick around. It will be great is, is not appropriate. Lacked clarity is obfuscation. Like that is yeah, him. He didn't lack clarity. No, he said, he stay with said, your fucking husband. He said and what he wanted to it. say. That's pretty crystal clear to me. Yeah. I don't know what the hidden meaning was that we didn't catch in there. It and, seems like he got across the point that he wanted to make. And I like this kind of shit 
because this came to the surface, right? Like how many people do you know or do you probably know who have had equally shitty advice given to them in times that they really need it? It's not like somebody deciding between two colleges and they go to their pastor. No, you're going to your pastor because you don't have anywhere else to go. And this is, it's the same way I feel when like, Adult, this might be a stretch, but like when adults abuse children, like you are supposed to be their person. You're supposed to be their kind of protector and you're turning that on their head, on its head and becoming this enabler in your abuse. So uh, to think that, I don't know, just to think that somebody would go in and say like, I'm scared because I, I can't imagine that it is easy for a a, a battered woman to go, to reveal what's going on. I think that to from anybody my, to anybody that I think there's a lot of shame associated with it. Um, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I think just the step of talking to somebody about it has to be a massive, massive step forward. And to have this response of of what seems to be just not taking it seriously at all. Here's, I would add to that. Here's what I didn't like about the apology because he did something. So yay for that. But I here's mean, what I here's what I didn't hear in that apology that I thought you should have in it. One is what we talked about. Like, what exactly did you think you lacked clarity on? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what you think you didn't. Whatever. Yeah, that's great. I don't know what you meant to say that you didn't get across. He didn't offer an explanation for why he said women who are abused should just pray for it to get better, as if that's the solution. And he didn't offer any action points. No, he didn't say, you shouldn't pray. You should, like, call the police first. Right. And while they're on their way, by all means, pray while they're right. arriving. Like, he didn't say that. He didn't explain why he sexualized a girl who was under 16. He didn't oh, mention God, that. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Right? He, so did he. Uh, he didn't explain something else that happened this week that I don't think we talked about, which is that one of his Ph.D. students at the seminary retweeted an article that was actually critical of his initial response and all the stuff he said in 2000. Uh, someone for Christianity Today wrote an article saying, Paige Patterson, what the hell are you, what did you say? Why are you saying all this stuff about abuse? Uh-huh. A PhD student retweeted that article and said, you know, people have been asking me what I think about this. I think this article basically speaks for me. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but okay. that's basically what he said. That student was fired from his on-campus job and they revoked his tuition break. That he gets. Oh my God. Paige Patterson signed off on that one. Cool, Paige Patterson. He didn't explain that one at all. He didn't admit that there are legitimate reasons to get divorced and abuse is one of them. He didn't say that. He did not say divorce is an option still because he doesn't believe it. Right. Um, And he also didn't say what he's going to do to make things right from this point forward, which is kind of a necessary thing. If you're going to issue an apology for something you said that was wrong, what are you doing to make sure you don't make that mistake again? We never heard that either. So I don't, it's not a complete apology. This is more of a, everyone get the fuck off my back. Yes. But it's not an apology because who, I don't know what you, are women just supposed to be okay because you said you're sorry, even though, I, here's my question. If a woman comes up to him now and says, I'm, my husband's beating me up, what is he going to say to them? Because oh. I don't have an answer for that. No, that's 100%. Like that, when I said like, there's nothing actionable, there's no action points, he, you're 100% right. What he should have said was, if you are in an abusive relationship, here's a hotline you can call or call the police or do this. Here is what you should do. Sure, pray. Pray on the side. Have a, have a side of prayer. But 
your main course should be getting help, getting yourself away from the situation, making sure you, because it, because leaving an abusive partner is more than just like the emotional toll of it. A lot of people don't have finan- like sole financial control. So like right, they right. leave their, their spouse and like, where the fuck are they going to go? They don't have money. And as we said last week, this is not just a Paige Patterson problem. This is a Southern Baptist problem. This is the way I'd they... call it a religious problem writ large. Yeah, the most... Uh, yeah, you're right. It's, a lot of Christian groups are better than this, than Southern Baptists. <laughs> well, so, it's, a, it's a game of inches at that point. Yeah. But... And a lot of them have spoken out against this. But again, this is the whole Southern Baptist culture that they believe that the man is in charge of these households. And so he can kind of do no wrong. By the way, as as we're recording this, he's still one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting uh, in June. He's ever. still speaking there. I mean, you know what? Fine. You know what? That's... So it's not just him. It's the entire group. It's the entire Southern Baptist, like sect that is the problem here because again this isn't just one guy's beliefs these are the beliefs they tell everybody yeah and i would say i I would also say this like when we when him and i have disagreements like like the nature natural museum of natural history that we brought up earlier like that stuff is frustrating and it's indicative of a problem um but when it comes to things like this, it's not like if somebody is saying they're being abused and your answer is anything besides what can I do to help you get out of this abusive situation? Like you're dead fucking wrong. Yeah, like, you're not helping at this anybody. point. Like when it comes to things like this, talking about, you know, evolution versus what do they call it now? Intelligent design. <laughs> like all that shit is infuriating, but it all, feels so far away from this sole element of like a person should feel safe in their own home. And if they don't to the point that they're talking to a person in authority and that person chooses to a do nothing, B give bad advice, C leave somebody in what can very well be an escalating situation. Like what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Like that is, I don't, Whatever, like we can talk about the merits of dis- divorce, but f- like this shit is black and white. This is not shades of gray. This is not, oh, you think this, I think that. It is, if you're being hit, you deserve not to be hit. Get away. Yeah, if you're a Southern Baptist woman, you're screwed if you're going to your leaders for advice. It's, that, it's as simple as that. And it's because of people like Paige Patterson. Um, a slightly less serious topic. But still important. So you may have heard that the Boy Scouts of America are changing their their policies again to allow girls uh, for the like when you're 11 to 17 and you're mm-hmm. doing the actual Boy Scouts thing, working toward an Eagle Scout rank. They're now going to let girls do that. They, I think they tested it last year in a handful of places. Oh, did they? Yeah, and it wasn't a big deal. And they're like, all right, cool, let's roll it out everywhere. Sure. They're going to change that particular program from the Boy Scouts Mm -hmm. to Scouts BSA to make it a little more gender inclusive. Cool. Um, The the organization is still Boy Scouts of America, but whatever. Um, So cool. Uh, That's good. That's important. Uh, Just to be clear, they've now gone in the past several years from allowing openly gay scouts Uh to allowing openly gay scout leaders to now allowing girls... Oh, and uh, to allowing transgender boys to now allowing girls... 
to basically everyone's allowed in except, except for, for atheists. atheists. We're still not allowed to join, even if we are boys. Still, so whatever. You're fucking never Boy so, Scouts. So that's one issue. Whatever. That's that's separate from this. But coincidentally, just like a day after they announced, uh, maybe not even uh, when they announced that girls were going to be allowed in, uh-huh. the Mormon Church, which is their biggest. Uh, sponsoring groups. Like, there are more Mormon-affiliated Boy Scout troops. Really? Yeah, one out of every six Boy Scout troops is affiliated with the Mormon Church. I didn't know It that. is the biggest group that runs these Boy Scout troops. They said, you know what? We're packing up and leaving. We're going to do our own thing really? from now on. Yeah. Now, this is not, they said, in reaction to the girl thing. Sure. <laughs> Even though it happened right after that. That would be... Ridiculous, uh, haven't they've actually the Mormon Church has been trying to run their own version of the Boy Scouts for a while now. So it just felt like a safe, and this is their time when they're like, we think it's ready, so we're gonna pull out of all of our. <laughs> by the end of 2019, all of those Boy Scout groups uh-huh. are now that are affiliated with us. They're now gonna be like Mormon Boy Scout groups, whatever they call it. Cool, whatever, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's I don't care. It's not a big deal. Uh, I heard one person phrase it this way, which actually I hadn't thought about, which is I thought the story was, oh, the Mormon church is reacting to what the Boy Scouts are doing Uh by making it more inclusive. So they're separating. And the one thing I heard from someone, I apologize, I can't remember who said this, was that actually the Mormon church, because they've been planning this for a while, this exodus out and Mm -hmm. more insulated thing. Uh, the Boy Scouts are actually reacting to the Mormon church saying, if they're leaving, our membership is going to plummet. We need to find a way to allow more people in. Let's oh. make it even more inclusive. Let's let in the girls and all that stuff. I, if that's true, that's an interesting case. But then let in the atheists, too. It doesn't require that much of a change. It changed some I would of the argue wording. It, changes zero. it requires zero right. change. Apparently, we atheists can't learn how to like tie knots and, you know, no, we would only <laughs> we would only do bad things with knots, apparently. <laughs> so uh, it's it's interesting though that as the scouts are becoming more and more inclusive, okay, uh, you see these religious organizations saying we want nothing to do with you. We already know evangelicals have long, ever since they started allowing gay troops more than the gay uh, troop leaders uh-huh. more than the gay scouts themselves. They're like, well, if the gay troop leaders are allowed, then they're going to promote, I don't know, pedophilia, bestiality, whatever it, stuff they make up in their heads. All things that we are very interested in. And they've in. already pitched an alternative that is more evangelical based. Uh, now the Mormons are finally completing their long game of saying, well, we're going to do this ourselves too, because why should we, you know, mess with this riffraff? Do you think the Boy Scouts are going to fold? Uh, I think they've been heading in that direction for a long time. Their membership is going down. Um, and because, like, again, the sort of stuff you think of when you think of Boy Scouts, that seems more suitable to, like, decades ago. Yeah. The sort of stuff they learn. Like, how often do you tie knots or go camping anymore if you're a kid? I know uh, I'm minimizing the stuff they do. Yeah. Uh, but, I like, mean, even making, like, the, whatever, Pinewood Derby cars that I did when I was in Cub Scouts, like, that seems so, like, I have better things to do now. I think you're saying that as a person who never was interested in the Pinewood Derby. No, but I did it for a couple of years. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, but are, who, maybe is, they're n- who may- is? Everyone who's not main, named Evan Meta? I don't no know. No one like the Pinewood Derby. No, okay, first At of all. At me, people. 
God, don't. And if you do add him, please leave me out of this. I'm on your side. I think he's saying stupid I think, shit. But I think their membership has been going down for a while, and they've been trying to figure out ways to keep it current and interesting and right. all that stuff. And one way to do it is, well, stop kicking everyone out for stupid reasons. Yes. Because if you think these skills are valuable, then by all means, invite everyone in. Let them learn these things. So good for inviting gay scouts in. Why wouldn't you? And inviting trans scouts in. Why wouldn't you? And girls, why not? If they want to join, let them join. All of that makes sense. Because there's no reason it should be limited to just boys. Yes. Um, I still don't know why they want to kick out atheists, that God is the one thing they really have to keep and they won't change. Really going to really. like lock in um, on that. I just find it fascinating that the more inclusive they get, the more religious groups want out. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, it It does feel like they're trying to have have it both ways in a lot of respects of they want to continue... Which one, the Boy Scouts? The Boy yeah. Scouts of like they want to... They're, they're trying to do the same thing. It's just like, honestly, it's a bad business model. Like in a f- increasingly secular world, in a world where we're more inclusive and less rigid about what it means to be a quote unquote good American, which I think is sort of the Boy Scouts whole yeah, jam. Yeah. It, we're it, good it, patriotic boys. Right. In, in, a, in a time when we're realizing that like masculine ideals aren't the end all be all. And it's okay for like, boys to like pink or girls to like to build shit or you know what I mean like they are both trying to continue this path but also think that they are somehow deserving of the same kind of membership they enjoyed in the 40s and 50s and 60s and I don't want to minimize the work the boy scouts do because I know a bunch of atheists who became eagle scouts Uh because they kept their atheism on the DL right Um, but they became it and I think all of them would tell you it was a valuable experience and they learned a ton of stuff Uh that has served them well throughout life so I'm not knocking those skills I'm just saying like in terms of the stuff they learn, I, I don't think it's as popular as it used to be yeah. a while back. And the Boy Scouts are struggling trying to get people interested in the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, in, involving more people is a good step forward. Um, but again, one of the in the atheist world, one of the problems with the Boy Scouts has been they exclude a number of people, mm-hmm. uh, gay scouts for a while included, and atheists, yes. Yeah. But they also got federal money to like host their jamboree uh, in D.C. And yeah. the president of the U.S. is like an honorary president of the Boy Scouts and right. stuff like that. Like there is a connection between the government and the organization, and they have access to public schools and all that stuff yeah. that they shouldn't if they're going to discriminate or they're going to be a religious organization. That's always been the controversy for us. Right. Um, but there are bigger, deeper issues, too. For sure. Um, do you want to talk about the Met Gala? Let's talk about the Met Gala. Um, what was the the name of the theme? Wait, I'm going to have to look it up because I definitely... Right? Oh, here's everything I know about the Met Gala. Okay, I'm, I'm here for it. It's in New York, and cool. it's like a big-ass costume party... And that's the only thing that is important about it because I don't know what the hell they're doing at the gala. Oh, yeah, I just I know either. everyone shows up at the red carpet dressed up like weirdos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very it's sense. a very fashion forward event, um, and so th- there is generally a theme. And, and this, I'm not going to pretend I know shit about the Met Gala. Like it's when, like once a year, I like look at a couple pictures, go huh, and then go on with my life. Right, right. Um, she but wore I, I that. think I think All there right, are cool. people who like lo- like people who are more into fashion than you and I. What? Not that I'm not wearing a really nice Target V-neck and cut-off sweatpants. Hoodie, <laughs> same shirt. I'm good. Um, 
But anyway, but the so theme there's this always year. a theme. So sometimes it's been like superheroes. It's been like punk. It just and it's sort of you're supposed to dress to that kind of theme. And this year it was heavenly bodies, fashion, and the Catholic imagination, which is I buck wild. I appreciate that they included imagination since. <laughs> Isn't that all of Catholicism? So, so there's a lot of like angelic symbolism, a lot of sort of gen- your general religious stuff. Rihanna wore a motherfucking Pope hat because she is <laughs> the best of all of the humans. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot. Um, there's some really cool outfits. I think Jared Leto straight up dressed like Jesus. Um, <laughs> But it's Rihanna thing, and and so is this. A, well, it's well, supposed so to I, be an homage to the Catholic faith and church. Okay, so well, first of all, I, I want to start by by saying that the Rihanna outfit with her Pope hat is there a name for a Pope hat? Uh, yes. Cool. Um, <laughs> drew a lot of outrage. Whereas, as I said before, because she's a woman, or because well, of what she was wearing. That is the interesting conversation. I think that is worth having because again, Jared Leto straight up dressed like Jesus. And I didn't hear about that until today when somebody was like, how come nobody's mad at Jared Leto? It's so, uh, is there an argument that her the mitre, sh- the mitre mm-hmm. or the papal tiara? Wait, seriously, tiara. Cool. Know. Good for them. Um, is it the fact that it's a woman and a woman of color who's dressed <laughs> up as a pope that they didn't like? I'm not saying that's not what was going on. But from my understanding, A, the Catholic Church was like super down with it. They were involved. They loaned some shit for like <laughs> decoration or whatever. Um, but people, so this outrage from what I've seen um and this isn't like hard hidden report, and this is definitely just like me being on Twitter. There's a lot of I thought cu- cultural appropriation was a bad thing, or like my my religion isn't your fashion or whatever. Yes. So here's what I would like to say about this. First of all, the like <laughs> I saw the most buck wild Twitter exchange when somebody was like, How come Catholics can do people can dress up like Catholics? Blah blah blah. And somebody was like, Well, the Vatican was like super down with it. And he was like well, the Vatican doesn't speak for us. I was like, that's literally all they do. That's their thing. It's they speak for you. God. That is one of my favorite things to hear Catholics say. Like, who cares what the Pope says? You, you do. do. <laughs> um, but I do want to touch briefly on cultural appropriation. Um, because basically what I have seen said is, how come somebody can't wear an Indian headdress, but Rihanna can wear a Pope helmet? Um and just briefly, without diving in too much, um, <laughs> first of all, Catholics weren't essentially wiped out of culture by white people who then used their like religious symbols as like fun fashion accessories. That's one. Um, uh, to uh, to use cultural appropriation generally requires that the appropriator is. In power over the appropriatee. Okay. So, for example, like if white people are appropriating black hairstyles, say, the reason it's problematic is because those same hairstyles have have been and still are used to hold people of color back. 
women with with locks or cornrows or whatever are called unprofessional or they can't they can't wear their hair in a certain way in the military. But if you put it on like a skinny 17-year-old white girl, all of a sudden it's like high fashion. So that's part of the problem. Um so the girl who wore a Chinese prom dress or something. So that one is I okay, I don't have a super strong opinion about yeah. about that. I don't because I was, I saw that story. I saw the backlash before I saw the story. Yes. But basically, I'm like, oh, she looks nice. All right. And then afterwards, it's, you, I saw the backlash from people like, no, here's why she shouldn't have worn that. And my first thought was, I mean, she wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. Like, no, maybe she wasn't. And, but, but, but I don't want to excuse something like that yeah. of like you doing something thoughtlessly does not negate the. No. The, but then I was thinking, well, if she wore like an Indian dress or something, would that would, have been the same? And I'd be like, I, I don't think I would have cared. I would be like, oh, that looks cool. I'm glad you're wearing my culture thing. Yeah. Um, is that just a me thing? Or? It could, I mean, that's the thing is like uh, a lot of people say like, oh, if you did this, I wouldn't care. Right. But and like my again, reaction to point. something isn't a, a, isn't a universal reaction. Right, right. And B, it, so the, the dress thing to me, the main thing is like that weird like, geisha pose that she did that was bigger deal than the dress itself i don't think i don't know and and also like i don't know when i was in high school like that sort of like chinese inspired look was very in Mm -hmm. so maybe i'm just kind of immune or yeah so and and but i also don't want to tell anybody how to feel about their own culture being right being uh being used um I don't know. I th- no, I'm not gonna like get my, you know, pitchfork out about that dress. I yeah, think it, I, I I do think it was a girl trying to find something pretty and interesting to wear. <sighs> that said, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't my favorite thing, but I would never have been as mad as everyone else is. But it's also not my place my... to get mad or not mad. It's not my culture that I think that was my reaction to a lot of it too, which is that I I can't seem to get angry about this as much as other people are, but like, what the hell? Who cares what I think about this stuff? Um, At the same time, I feel that way about many, many things where I'm like, I can't feel, I I don't get angry about this as much as other people do. Well, you don't have like human emotions. Your your program didn't come with those. No, I think that's exactly it. We're going to get an upgrade for you soon, buddy. That could be your next Patreon thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get him and emotions. But... Um, but back to the Met Gala. Back thing. to the Met. That's not appropriation Gala. because it's not like we well, wiped out the Catholic Church and now we're putting their shit on display. That's exactly right. Um, I and I also like I did not the know the Catholic Church doesn't have a super chill background, aka they murdered a whole bunch of people for like <laughs> yes. doing all kinds of things. So it's not so it's not like the the Catholic Church is some sort of victim. And that they are being like maybe I didn't even, know they had participated in with the Met in making this happen, mm-hmm. which actually yeah, changes like the out whole some story. Shit from Sistine, Ch- no, something from the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Sistine Chapel is it the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican? Or uh, is it in Rome? That's somewhere in there. Shit, this is embarrassing. One day we could cut this out and change we're it, but we're not going to. I don't know gonna. how to. Um, all right, but wanna- but yeah, no, I, I but, but I guess I guess all that's to say is like. Even maybe if this had happened in like the 1940s and 50s, then 
maybe we could have a conversation about it because there there certainly was a time that Catholic what like when JFK was running for pre- I've mentioned mm-hmm. this a few times because it blew my mind when I heard it that JFK wasn't quote unquote Christian enough because he was Catholic. Right, right. There was a time when Catholics were a less than. Yeah. Now they're not. And when you have like most of like so much power in the world, it's not stealing from you. And I don't know, like enough people walk around here with like ashes on their forehead on Ash Wednesday and nobody blinks a fucking eye. So I think that says to me, your culture is pretty pervasive and we can, we can draw inspiration from it without it being problematic. You can at me if you want. I don't know how much more I would feel like talking about this, but I, I think there, I think there's a conversation to be had about what cultural appropriation is or is not. Um, I don't think that I'm necessarily the best <laughs> arbiter of what it is, but I am doing my best and I'm listening to people who do care, not care, people who do, who are affected. Um, and yeah. Yep. So moving let's, on. let's talk about uh, this thing that happened last week and we touched on it last week, which is that uh, last Saturday was something called the freedom March in Washington, DC. It was a Christian event that was all about, making sure gay people can be converted to straight. This is all pro-conversion therapy. And so this, the reason we talked about it last week is because the Pulse nightclub survivor was one of the people speaking at this event. Um, And that's why it was kind of a story anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did speak at this thing. And, but here's the thing. So I was very eager to figure out like, so what went down at this event? Cause they posted videos of this stuff and there are like tens of people at this event <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like ever, I'll show you pictures later. We'll, we'll have them in the show notes. There's nobody there. It seemed like half the people there were media people just taking video of this thing. Like what the hell Isn't is this event? Isn't that funny when that shit happens? Yeah. And the other people were like speakers or organizers. I don't, I could not get a grasp on how many people were just there attending the people who this was for. Right. Who were marching um, or whatever. And there were virtually none of them. Um, And you could see the video. It's pretty, it's, I'm not going to say it's sad. Like, I'm glad no one showed up for them. But it's just like, it's just people talking to an audience of virtually nobody. Right. Um, and yet the stuff they're promoting, uh, the stuff they were saying was just factually untrue. They were, uh, here's an example of what I mean. Um, or it was misleading. And yeah. one example of that is one speaker was like, we have to help, I'm paraphrasing, convert <laughs> gay people to straight because gay people have higher rates of suicide. It's even higher for transgender people. We have to help them. Yeah. You're the reason. Mm-hmm. It's so high. That's not because they're gay and suddenly the number goes up. Yeah. No, it's because of people like you. Yeah, actually, um, Ross and, uh, oh no, Ross and Carriage's podcast, I, I name check a lot. They're actually literally right now doing an investigation on gay conversion therapy. Oh, that should be good. Um, and it's, it's very interesting to listen to because it's just, I just don't know. It, Gay conversion therapy, like, hot take coming in, fucking sucks. Thank you. Like, I know it's not eloquent or even smart, (laughs) but it's just like, god damn, like, this is dangerous shit. And and what was really dangerous, and there was an op-ed in the New York Times by a woman named Julie Rogers who has undergone conversion therapy. Um, She... 
I think still is a Christian, but certainly not the conservative type she used to be. Uh But she was basically saying, here's why this stuff is so dangerous. And what she was saying is that for a lot of people who undergo that therapy that's supposed to turn them straight, they genuinely think they have changed. And they don't realize for so long that, nope, guess what? You can't just suppress those feelings. You can't just hide them away. And when you hear these people on stage at an event like this saying, you know, I used to be gay, I used to be trans, but now I'm not, and now I'm straight and I'm happy, you get this idea that, oh, I can overcome this thing that isn't something for you to overcome. Right. Um, It messes with your head when everyone in your life system in that bubble are telling you, you know, there's something wrong with you, and there really isn't. And that's more dangerous than Mm -hmm. whatever they're going to do to you in the therapy almost physically. Yeah. Like whether they shock you, which most of them don't do that, like, or will not anymore. Um, But they will try to mess with your head and say, no, 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 you just got to suppress the desires. That's, that's what's so dangerous. And so of course the, the people speaking here don't, don't care about any of that. Activist mommy was there because she's everywhere. that something bad is happening. She's the pit. Yeah. So, but again, the good news, if you want to call it that, is that like nobody showed up to this thing. This has to be a dying thing, right? Like, like this, conversion therapy, yes. or yeah, I, this has to be the last generation I, of this. Right? I think it is because obviously LGBT rights in general is more accepted. At least yeah. you know, gay marriage things like that are more accepted generally. But that's also the case for younger evangelicals. Like they are better on this issue. And when I say better, I mean like half of them are cool with it. Right, which is... Which is more than it used to be. Heads and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. Um, but again, they're not... The young evangelicals are not the more populated older evangelicals who are the ones who yeah. run this sort of stuff or think this is a thing. <sighs> this shit fucking bums so, me out, dude. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's one more okay. story for you. Uh, there was... A st- we talked about this a while ago, that Liberty University... Uh, their gun range? Their gun range. Yes. They, there was a group of progressive Christians who were doing a rally in Lynchburg, Virginia. God, that name. That name. <laughs> that and name. one of the student journalists at Liberty said, oh, well, they're coming in our city. Mm-hmm. Liberty students are going to attend this rally. It is in part, in many ways, in response to things Jerry Falwell Jr. has said. Mm-hmm. This seems like a story we ought to cover. Mm-hmm. And then Jerry Falwell nixed it, saying, like, don't give these people attention. We're just not going to run that story. Mm-hmm. Like, basically censored a very legitimate news story. And so it turns out there is a group of Christians. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a... If you look at all the Christian colleges in the nation, uh-huh. they could be there's an umbrella group called the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. There's 136 members. I don't know if that covers every Christian school in the country, mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of them. Um, at one of those schools, Taylor University, which is kind of a Christian liberal arts school, it's a small school, they had a group of students that called that called themselves the Student Press Coalition. They're journalists, they're interested in journalism, and here's what they wanted to do. They wanted to do a survey where they ask all of these Christian schools, like, do you think you're censored uh, when you're a journalist at these schools? Uh-huh. So they put out a survey to these 136 member schools. 49 of the schools, or at least representatives of 49 of the schools, responded. So it's, again, we're, we're talking a small sample size here, not even all Christian schools. But what they found was really amazing. What they said is uh, 70% of the schools with student-run newspapers Uh and whatnot, 
have advisors who can control the stories that are printed with the potential for censorship. Okay. Nearly 20% of publication policies say that the student newspaper exists wholly or partially as PR for the school. It's not independent. Oh. Um, Half the student editors who responded said they consider their policies a form of censorship. Hmm. Um, And again, these are the ones who responded. We don't know how representative it is. But here's other stuff they said. Many student editors have felt pressured to change, edit, or remove an article completely after it's been published in print or online. Wow. Uh, 48% of student editors have said they knew of or have been asked themselves um, by university personnel to stop pursuing an article. Huh. And... What uh, Jack Jenkins, this wonderful reporter for Religion News Service, he knows who to talk to for these types of stories. He spoke to Chris Evans, uh, president of the College Media Association, who said this sort of censorship, this happens often at private colleges. Um, It's not a First Amendment issue because they're private schools. They can do all that stuff. Uh, But you do not see that type of censorship at those levels at public schools. Like this is a unique problem to these schools in particular. And it's widespread among... uh, Of the people who responded, and it's hard to say it's representative, but it's certainly an issue that if you're a student journalist Mm -hmm. at a Christian school, there's a better likelihood that you may be censored if you pursue an article that the school doesn't like. Maybe you're writing about sex, Uh which seems like a legit topic at a college. Some no, you don't aspect of it, right? Um, or maybe they're writing about you're at a conservative school and you're writing about progressive Christianity or some controversy therein. Like these sorts of stories, they may nix them. So yeah, it's disturbing. It, it is. It's not that surprising though, because I feel like so much of that culture is about denying things exist. Yeah, stay in your bubble. Yeah, you, can't. you know what and I this mean? Is, like, what lesson are they trying to impart to these students is what I really wanted to know. I, I, I think about that a lot, especially at that age. Like, I get to some extent, like, a kid kid who, like, we have to protect them from the world. But, like, these people... They're, like, 20. Yeah, they're, A, arguably already out in the world, and, B, <laughs> like, in a year and a half, they're not going to be under your umbrella anymore. Right. And, like... You cannot continue to deny shit exists. Yeah, I mean, not even... You're talking about them as, like, human beings. But as journalists, if they say, look, I have a juicy story I want to report, I want to talk to people, I want to write about this, and for the school to say, no, we're going to stop you, what sort of journalism lesson is that for the student? Like, you got a good story? Stop it. Yeah, Um, Yeah, you're right. And how do they treat their faith then? Mm -hmm. Because isn't that why they go to those schools? What if they have questions or doubts or challenges about Mm -hmm. their faith? Like, oh, the Gospels have contradictions in them. I mean, Can we explore this? It's like, nope, stay away before you maybe think. We don't want you to do that. It's the Book of Mormon song, turn it off, like light switch. Right, and that is the journalism policy at these schools. Not great. And I'm also wondering... And like, not a good education. No, it's not. And I wonder, like, what sort of newspapers would want to hire a kid who comes from this sort of school Christ. where you don't really know how to do journalism because you haven't pursued these stories or you haven't... You don't know how to necessarily ask the right questions because maybe you were raised at these schools Activist mommy can it. hire them for her Facebook. <laughs> for her propaganda page. <laughs> um, it was disturbing. I mean, and by yeah. the way, I should say, all of this 
information is coming from a Christian school and okay. the students who go there, kudos to them because it's an interesting topic for them to pursue. Um, it's disturbing. And, and I think they know it's disturbing. Yeah. And again, we know a lot of these students, that these are not all conservative liberty type conservative right. schools. A lot of them are fairly liberal, progressive Christian schools. So uh, they know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. They know they're being uh, censored in some ways. So that was <sighs> disturbing, but uh, valuable to know. Cool. Um, listener mail? Listener mail. I uh, did. You want to start uh, off with one? Oh, you have another one? I do have another one. Is it beset? Be- nope. I, uh, <laughs> let me read the one that uh, came in today because I think there was one earlier. Okay. Um, so this is one. Uh, I'm not going to say the name to uh, keep the person anonymous, but uh, I'm going to skim through this. Like uh, this person lives in a red state, has always been a non-believer, works in the field of corporate ethics, and they have ethics groups where they local companies get together. They talk about corporate ethics. They meet once a month. This person attended these meetings until, she says, it seemed that the guest speakers were talking more and more about God. She filled out anonymous surveys where she said she didn't like that. Um, And then she stopped attending. Recently, though, she says, I discovered I've been missing out on career opportunities by not attending these meetings. So what should I do? Start attending them and filling out these surveys and complaining about the God stuff? Or just put up with it and hope for change? Or should I say something directly to someone in charge, which would out her as an atheist? Hmm. Or is it, you know, is this the hill to die on? Um, That's the question. And, And I guess the quick answer I would give without doing too much research into it is, I wonder if there's a way for her to kind of raise the question of, you're talking about God as this ethics thing, but what if you have someone who's Jewish or Muslim in your company mm-hmm. where it's not pointing the finger at her as an atheist, mm-hmm. but to someone else as a hypothetical? And I wonder if that's an easier way, like, look, I'm looking out for my buddy's interest here. What would you say to that person? Because it seems like you're excluding them. Yeah. That's one way to not out yourself and kind of look out for someone else. I don't know if that's doable. I, I'm... Man, this, I'm sorry that this is happening to you. That That's really, God, that's tricky. Do you think that this would be a thing that, like, FFRF would get involved in? Um, if it's a private company, I don't think they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's like, if it was a university or something, we're talking about a different issue. Yeah, the letter I doesn't say. Yeah, uh, if it's a private corporation, the There's question no. isn't a legal issue. It's more of an ethical, like, why do you keep bringing up like the Christian God more or less every time? Yeah. Because you're excluding all these people who don't believe in it. Um, I don't. I don't I, think it's a hill to die on for you to lose your job over if you think outing yourself no. would ever get you in trouble. You should keep complaining anonymously. But mm-hmm. I think if you want to raise questions or if you have a colleague who might be able to help you with that, mm-hmm. um, to raise it with them to say, "Look, we're looking out for the best interest. We have a friend at our job who is not a traditional Christian faith." how does this stuff apply to that person? What do you do right. when that's the issue? Because you can't just say, let's all pray together and we'll be a stronger company or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would say at least part of my my thought would be to play the game. If it's, if it's affecting your career, I would say play by their game, go to your meetings, don't miss out on career opportunities and update your resume and get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't... Like, that's the thing with... This kind of, I don't know. I, should she try to make a change? Yes. 
but at what personal cost? I don't, and I don't know that that's something that yeah, I could when never, it's your job at stake. Yeah, when that's it's your livelihood never a question stake. I could answer for somebody else. Yeah. Um, uh, I, that's well, what this I would is do. An I interesting, would... you know, I'm I'm grateful that she wrote in because this is an interesting sort of like kind of turn on its head of like people act like atheists like atheist persecution or whatever is a myth or but it's there's real consequences to to being outed i've heard similar stories from employees at let's say public schools who say someone at my school is uh you know sending emails like a secretary or something with biblical verses at the bottom of it like it's not a big deal per se yeah but it's still wrong Mm -hmm. but is this something i want to raise a fuss over at least there it's a little easier to say you should just kick it up to a group like FFRF because they can write the anonymous note on your behalf and Mm -hmm. say, we heard you were doing this. You can't stop it. Right. You're off the hook. Yeah, because I mean... But at a private corporation, that's a lot tougher because you can't take that approach. mm -hmm. God, I don't know. I know that's deeply unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, jeez. I wish I had. I, any, I don't like, think putting your job or your career no, at risk I is think, worth it. Not for this. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. I would say play the game. Do what you have to do. Go to these dumb meetings. Hold hands and roll your eyes when everybody else pray, prays, and see if you can find something that works better for you. Because yes, I think there would if you are willing to take this fight because that's something Hammond and I can't answer for somebody else like do you have the wherewithal to start up this fight because it could easily get the thing is you could say hey it makes me uncomfortable that we talk about God and they're like oh okay you're right and it's over (laughs) there is that chance that could happen there is also the chance of being ostracized by your peers or missing out even more on on these things and that if you have someone in HR or higher up than you yeah. in your office that you feel comfortable sharing any of this with, that would be, well, and that's the ask key, them right? to do like, it for you or if something. If your HR person isn't on your side, right. then you don't have a lot of, a that's lot true. of options. It's a tough situation. Oh, capitalism. You're the pits. <laughs> um, what's a good thing that happened to you this week? A uh, good thing. that uh, I'll say this. Uh, so I'm actually going out of the country for mm-hmm. about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're recording this on a Thursday, not a Friday. Yeah, I hate I need it. To I feel really off my point. game. I know. Um, so I'm excited about that. So I'm going to be doing research with a bunch of uh, atheist researchers I admire for a while. I'm going to be working with them on a project mm-hmm. and then doing a little traveling with the family for a bit. So uh, for the next, I should say, uh, we'll get this episode out for mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks. Uh, We'll also be posting some interviews, pre-recorded interviews with mm-hmm. some authors that I think you're going to like. Uh, and we'll also post out that Fables, hopefully, that is coming yep. out. Post and so Fables. I've got an old episode so that you I did with my brother you a while ago an, that we can finally post You up. won't hear an episode like this at least for another few weeks when yeah. I get back. Uh, but anyway, that's my happy yeah, thing. I'm, if something big happens, yeah. I've got the recording equipment. And I can go. Go, go fucking rogue. <laughs> even though... Th- that's uh, to be fair. I know how to record. I do not know how to post it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I can record. It's a great it episode that no one will ever hear. me and my hear. dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Um. All right. So, what's your happy thing? Oh God, I forgot about my happy thing. Well, my happy thing was. Who that, are you, me? <laughs> um. My happy thing was that I bought this bat that I used to. Ha- okay. <laughs> 
so I've been playing rec softball. I've been playing rec softball for a million years. Um, and I had this bat from when I played softball in like junior high. And I loved it. It's my favorite bat. And this year, a couple of years ago, this fucking, and it's a, t- it's a 13 year old girl's bat. <laughs> and this big asshole borrowed it and cracked it because we were playing like fucking 12 inch softball. And the guy was a gorilla <laughs> and used a tiny girl's bat and broke it. <laughs> So I've been on the hunt for a new one, and I thought I found my exact bat, and then I just got it in, like, before Hemant walked in, and it's two inches too long and, like, four ounces too heavy, and I'm very disappointed. So does that count as my happy thing? That you didn't get the bat you wanted? That's, that doesn't that's sound not very happy, happy does it? Now that I say yeah. it out loud, it doesn't sound <laughs> super happy. But now, now you I will can... T- I, I will say this. My, uh, my softball team, I, uh, I played last night. We had a really shitty game. Um, I hated the other team. They sarcastically gave me the game ball. I don't want to talk about it. Stop asking. Um, but this girl who I met last year who were on the same team, we both just signed up independently and ended up with this team together. We got a beer afterwards, and it was super fun, and we have Look a lot of things. Making friends. I know. I'm making friends like a, like a big girl. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it was just a really nice night of just, like, I feel like since I've lived in the suburbs, I don't get that, like, yeah. you know, go to go play softball and, like, go sit at a beer, but... As it happens, there's a bar like basically in the parking lot near my apartment, that Miller's place that's right right out front. You drive past it every time you come I'm over. I'm sure Hammond. you think I do. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's my happy thing. Sweet. Where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Hammond Meta, friendlyatheist.com. Go to mm-hmm. Patreon. Uh, email us, friendlyatheist at gmail.com. We will be amassing your um, your listener mail. Please write in. This this one was a tough one. Give us some softballs. <laughs> this was hard. Give me. Yes, everyone give... needs advice on the easy questions. <laughs> um, you can find me. Did I already say my Twitter handle? No, Blueberry, B L U E B U R E. I'm not good on Thursday nights, it turns out. I've That's had a very all right. Long never day. again. Uh, never again. Um, Patreon.com slash friendly at these podcasts. Let's get, a, let's get a live show in the works. Boom. Make it I think happen, that would people. be fun. Um, Someday Hammond's going to watch fucking Star Wars with After me. I get back from the trip, Whatever. that's when we're doing Star Wars. Mikey's that's why we couldn't you. do it this week. I know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. All right, guys. Um, you won't hear from us We'll be back in June. a few weeks. Have fun. Bye. Bye.